Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Director's Cut, your one-stop shop for all the latest trends and discussion on all matters relating to sport and exercise science, strength and conditioning, and healthy living. I'm your host, Tim Hanway, the Sports Performance Director here at Stack Velocity in Norwood, Massachusetts, and today I am joined by our favorite son and athlete, Nate Rovatai. So <laughs> Nate, so good to have you on the podcast. How are you? Glad to be here. Awesome. So today we're going to discuss a little bit about off-season training for football. As you're fully aware, you know, this is the time, especially for our high schoolers, season's starting to wind down. So, you know, teams are in playoffs or teams are starting to get eliminated from playoffs, but a lot of a lot of athletes out there are year, year-long football players and they got aspirations to take their game to the next level. So I certainly kind of want to discuss things that we've found, you know, you being my athlete, stuff that we have found has worked for kind of the off-season training, but also, you know, the fact that you are a professional athlete, you have played abroad, you know, you have competed in some of the top pro days here in New England, you know, you got a lot of insight because I think you understand what it takes more than most people. So what I also want to do is kind of for our audience, give them some insight, you know, from someone that has been there, has done it, you know, what does it really take to kind of get to that next level, especially for those high schoolers out there that, you know, want to get that scholarship or want to play in college and hopefully kind of beyond. Yeah, so, you know, let's let's kind of bring it back. If we talk kind of off-season football training, putting myself in your shoes, what do you most want to get out of a program in the off-season? Uh, I would say the most I want to get out of a program in the off-season would be, everyone says the same stuff, bigger, faster, and stronger. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you got to find all the intricate stuff. You want to get bigger, faster, and stronger, but you also want to fine-tune all the stuff that you're good at. Mm-hmm. If you can fine tune all the things that you're good at, all that bigger, faster, stronger will come. I think that's a that's that's tremendous insight, you know. And hearing that, you know, from from a coach's standpoint, it certainly helps because, you know, it, there's always that mantra you want to address your weaknesses, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. But, but why can't we get your strengths even better? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't we get, you know, those those physical attributes? You know, you being a receiver, that speed, getting up off the line, you know, being able to to make those cuts, being able to just you know, be a nightmare for DBs, you know, in the league, well, let, let's get you even more explosive. Let's get you even faster. Um, so totally, you know, as, as I've described kind of in, in recent articles and podcasts, I mean, the off season is really where you get to, to build yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the football or the sport in question, you know, kind of takes a bit of a backseat to just the physical preparation yeah, because sure. we have that time to just make those gains and to really just build you up so that now when you're in season and you're playing a highly physically demanding contact sport like football, well, it's almost like a savings account. You can make those withdrawals, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But we want to make as much of an investment kind of in the off season. So, yeah, I mean, first what I want to do is just kind of learn firsthand what was it like to play football abroad overseas? Uh, it was definitely crazy. It's different than America. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a lot different, actually. I mean, they play the same college rules. Ball is the same size. All the rules are the same. Mm-hmm. The only difference is there's like a big six, how do you say, like a country, worldwide mm-hmm. thing where if you're part of that big six, you count as an import. Yeah. And so I was an import, so I could only play um, if there was another import on the field. So if it was two of us on the field at a time, that's the only time I could play. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be more than th- more than two. So that limited my playtime a little bit because we had an American running back and an American quarterback, but I still, uh, still, still, so, <laughs> still got still got some time. Yeah. You, you, were t- you were telling me you had some pretty impressive, yeah, yeah. some pretty still, impressive carries yeah. and touchdowns. So yeah, I mean, don't, 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 be, do, don't be bashful, yeah. man. Come on, tell tell, yeah, tell yeah. us what what how what were some of your stats? 
Um, there was one point in the season where I touched the ball six times and scored every time. All right. Yeah. So pretty pretty impressive to I mean, to kind of say the yeah, least. If you, I would say if you played at a high level in America, because German players they're not, I would say, as skilled as Americans and mm-hmm. guys coming from other countries because they don't play it from such a young age. Yeah. Like in America, we play it from we're six, seven, all the way till now. Yeah. So having that edge kind of helped a lot, and it's just, I mean, you know, you're going in, you're going to be better than most of. Probably ninety percent of the guys there. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that you got to go out and show it every every week. No, and I mean it's it's interesting you say that because I just know when I worked in professional rugby, you would see the inverse. So like mm-hmm. you know we as a country have have a, a budding professional rugby um, league, and not to confuse anyone in the audience, there is a such thing as rugby league versus yeah. rugby union. So I'm talking <laughs> a rugby union league, uh-huh. if that makes sense. But in all in all. Um, Seriousness, it was the same thing. You know, you would have American players who were who were f- athletic and physically mm-hmm. gifted, but because they haven't been playing the sport since, at such a young age, you know, if an English team comes over and plays America, or even if a you know a national team like Ireland or you know the New Zealand All Blacks, if they come and play America, you know, we have the athleticism to, to compete with them, but we don't have the yeah. skill and the, 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 the know how and, yeah. and just the and, the and the technical nuances. I mean, I think. You know, I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of people in, in American rugby circles, and they are just some of the most dedicated coaches and personnel you will ever find. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are making massive gains every single year, especially with grassroots starting to kind of take off. I mean, did you see just on the topic, like, any kind of youth American oh, yeah. football leagues? Like, is it starting sure. to kind of I mean, take shape in, over there? In Europe, definitely. I mean, there's a bunch of leagues all across Europe and the Netherlands and everywhere mm-hmm. over there. And they're trying to. We had a youth program, Frank, mm-hmm. the Frankfurt Galaxy youth program, and it's not. They want us to help out with it, so we we started in the summer with it. So we started helping out a little bit, <clears throat> but it just got bland. And yeah. we would go there, and the coaching staff they would kind of shoo us to the side a little bit, mm-hmm. even though we can, we were coming from America, and knowing we played the game well, for how many, how many ex, years, ex, yeah. years, and they would just kind of take over practice, and we would just be stuck standing there, <laughs> just kind of helping out here and there. So we kind of gave that up. Holding uh, snacks? <laughs> yeah, give them water and stuff. So we kind of gave that up. And they, they wanted it to be more of, of a coaching thing, but it just turned out like, hey, can you guys go to this practice on Wednesday because it just looks good for the team and the, the kids want to see you guys. Yeah. So everyone kind of just kind of, if you weren't, if you played the sport, mm-hmm. kind of like, if, you want, if you're going to coach it, you, you want to do it. Yeah. Instead of just kind of go and just being like a face just yeah. to show. I, I just didn't. It didn't sit well with me and a lot of the other players that were imports there, mm-hmm. so we ended up not going. But there is the youth programs that they want to kind of start up. They're, they're all over the place. There's yeah. five or six leagues in, in Europe alone, in Germany alone, mm-hmm. that uh, they all have youth programs. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's great to see, you know, whether we're talking football, whether we're talking sports like rugby, you know, that, that there's a more global oh, yeah. initiatives that are kind of coming to the to the forefront, which mm-hmm. is absolutely huge. But anyway, kind of kind of returning back to your own kind of playing experiences, mm-hmm. and, you know, in your own athletic career. You know, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about kind of your your college experience? Because I mean, you know, that's the main reason why you're able to to get that that yeah. professional contract in in Germany and knock on so many doors and continue to knock on so many doors. So yeah, I mean, just kind of as we reverse engineer this, I mean, kind of tell us about you know your experience certainly at Stonehill. Um, and just what that was like, you know, some of your accomplishments, just, just so, yeah, we can learn yeah. more about you. I mean, um, well, I started at Stonehill in 2011, and uh, I didn't play a lot my freshman year. Mm-hmm. I, I played a little bit on special teams and a little bit as receiver. 
And then uh, my sophomore year, I swapped time with the senior, and then my junior and senior years, when I took off, I became All-American and all that, all the good accolades I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stonehill's all-time leading receiver in every category. But um, it took a lot of hard work. Coming out of high school, I was a quarterback, so stepping into the receiver role was different. I had to literally learn from day one. How mm-hmm. to, it felt like I didn't know how to play football. You yeah. know, I've been playing since I was six years old. Sure. But um, it's definitely something you really got to work at, especially coming from the high school level. If you want to play in college, you got to you got to love it. You have to kind of live, live it, sleep it, eat it, breathe it, everything. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do that, there's going to be a time where you sit back and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's going to affect how you play, how you live, um, everything. It just kind of, I know it's a big part of my life, so I took it every day, as, even today, as serious as it is. Well, no, I mean, I, you know, I can personally attest to being one of the most dedicated, hardworking athletes I've had the pleasure of, of, of working with and, and overseeing. I mean, you know, you come here, you're, you're all business. And I mean, I can, I can tell that. I can tell when you're here just to kind of hang out, you know, shoot the breeze. But as soon as you're ready to train, it's mm-hmm. like laser focus. You know, you just get that look over in your face and it's just like, all right, we're, we're here to work. So, you know, also having experience with strength and conditioning because, you know, strength and conditioning and football mm-hmm. go hand in hand. I mean, you just have to Google, you know, NCAA or you know D1 football and you're gonna see a whole host of videos oh, yeah. of you know Alabama Auburn yeah, and you're gonna see some you're gonna yeah, see yeah. some great stuff you know in your opinion now that you also you know have a even better understanding of kind of how we program here at mm-hmm. Velocity I mean you've been with us for over a year year and a half you know if you could kind of go back and reflect what were some of the mistakes that maybe you thought you had made kind of trying to take your game to the next level either because you know you didn't have the right coaching or guidance I mean what, what did you see yourself doing or maybe even some of your peers doing where now you can look back and be like ah, maybe that wasn't the best idea yeah I know at Stonehill when I was there we didn't have a uh, strength and conditioning coach mm-hmm. it was our coaches that were putting together these little like work not a little but programs that we did and uh I mean, yeah, you saw some gains, like you saw some some differences if you actually put the time and effort in, but it just is a lot different than when I first started here. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I always go back to, if I'm telling anybody about Velocity, I started here in 2014, December mm-hmm. 2014, and my first pro day I weighed 182 pounds. Yeah. I worked out here for the summer, my next like pro day was the Major League Football tryout, that, that league eventually washed, but I was 195 pounds. Yeah. So when this five to six months transformation I gained 12 12 pounds of muscle or whatever it was no I mean it, well I can categorically yeah. <laughs> say it was it was absolutely muscle because we took your yeah. we took your body composition um mm-hmm. you know and that and that I think was always you know one of my favorite things so now if we're kind of shedding light on just some of the the intricacies of developing an off-season program so kind of from a coaching standpoint mm-hmm. you know the, the number one thing I want to do as a coach is figure out your goals and reverse yeah. engineer it you know always. so I mean you're a receiver and needless to say, I mean, speed, speed kills. And you need to have that speed. And being mm-hmm. in a contact sport, you know, echoing Al Pacino and, uh, you know, any given Sunday, you got to fight for those inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also have to have the bulk so that you can withstand those contacts or that, mm-hmm. you know, if someone's tackling you, you can get that extra yard, you can get that kind of extra inch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's imperative that we get that balance right where we put on size, but it's functional size. Exactly. You know, so I mean, one of the, the kind of buzzwords in strength and conditioning is this concept of functional hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mainstay of, of coaches like uh, Charles Poliquin and his systems. I know Nick Winkleman of Exos now, who's ironically uh, with the 
Irish rugby team. You know, he, he wrote some great articles on it. But it's, it's size that you can use. And I think one of the mistakes that I've seen with a lot of especially younger football players is that they will, you know, do predominantly bodybuilder programs. Exactly. You know, they'll basically just get like a muscle fitness magazine and just try to just simulate what, what those bodybuilders are doing. And yes, you can put on size. Very, you, yeah, can, you can look good with your shirt off. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the same token, if it's not the right type of hypertrophy, if it's not muscle that you can actually use, you know, or getting technical, it's not motor units that you can actually synchronize or, or activate, you know, if anything, I'd argue that it can actually hamper your performance because now you're just heavier yeah, and you're slower. Mm -hmm. So there is some truth. You can get bigger and slower, but you can get kind of bigger and faster. And we had a very specific uh, way of doing that. But, you know, I'd love, I'd love to get some, if you, can re if you can rewind the clock, think back to the memories because... You know, in many respects, you were you were kind of a guinea pig for us. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if you knew that at the time. <laughs> because uh, I think I kind of I think I kind of let you know that after the fact, yeah. in case it didn't work. No, but it did. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so we we utilized uh, the Moore system, uh, which was actually developed by Chip Smith down in Atlanta. I mean, Chip is you know one of the most well known entities in in the world of combine and, and professional football. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's, his reputation precedes him to say the least. But, you know, what I loved about kind of chip systems is, you know, using uh, some, some various pieces of equipment, some harnesses. <laughs> we'll talk about the chip meter in a second. But, you know, still utilizing main principles of sports performance like contrast training. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where you recall it's like we, we would do something with some form of kind of resistance, try to excite that nervous system so then when we took that, implement away and yeah. then so for instance like if i had you run with a particular vest or a particular sled or, or something to kind of provide mm -hmm. some sort of resistance then we remove that resistance because your body almost encounters that phantom yeah, resistance yeah. you get a more forceful contraction you're faster and you know there's a lot of science and, and research to show that training that way can improve explosiveness and I think, you know, we certainly use that. Yeah. But uh, we got a lot of toys and, and stuff from it. But, yeah, I mean, kind of share with us some of your memories when we hooked you up to some kind yeah, of crazy I mean, things. We, we did have, what was that one with the, you attached off to your legs and your arms? Oh, that was that was called the Black Widow. The Black Widow. The Black yeah. Widow. I mean, that one, yeah. not my favorite, but it definitely helped. Um, yeah, uh, resistance bands. Mm -hmm. I love loved doing the resistance bands. Like you said before, the sleds. I think that, yeah. was, that was a huge one, just sprinting 40s, even with... Uh, a band attached to my waist and you're at the other end just holding it yeah. with the tension and just having me spring forward with it. Well, that's where we would do either a resisted version, to your point, where yeah. you had to fight through the resistance, or we would do mm -hmm. actually an assistance version where yeah. you were almost getting pulled towards yeah, us. So it allowed kind of, in theory, a greater kind of turnover. And, that, mm -hmm. and that's the whole premise of, of CHIP system. You know, it's, it's, it's the more system, but it's movement over speed uh, resistance uh, reaction, I believe. Or is kind of the main acronym, and and, and that was very much, um, you know, the, the cornerstones of his program that we kind of merged with some of our own kind of programming mm -hmm. is, as well. But you know, I think the the big key, and you understood this, and this was always where we asked you as coaches, you know, myself and those that work with you, we wanted to to utilize these tools, but never at the expense of form and technique. Yeah, and I think that's sure. another, and that's another mistake I'll see, especially yeah, with sure. these younger football players. They'll they'll look at YouTube, they'll see someone running with a sled, and be like, "Oh, well, if you know, forty pound, if twenty five pounds, why don't I put forty five yeah. pounds on?" And it doesn't quite work that way because as soon as technique breaks down, mm -hmm. it, it all changes yeah, completely. Window, so, yeah. so I think, you know, we always did a very good job, in my opinion, of of overloading you, you know, using the right uh, principles, but still ensuring that it never came at the expense of of technique. Yeah. And you know, again, you got some, you got some absolutely sensational. Yeah, I ran a four four three at the at the combine in uh, Florida. So. Yeah. Do you remember what your time was coming into it? I can't remember what like the, the beginning. 
I think I mean I've I've always been like that mid four four yeah. high four four low four five guy, but I'm gonna hit that. Yeah, but I mean you you epitomized again. For me, the most rewarding thing as a coach is is seeing that culmination of all that mm-hmm. hard work and preparation. And you know the program we had you on was a hard program. Oh yeah, you know it sure. was it, it was hard, was. especially in the beginning with you know a lot of the the volume that we put you mm-hmm. through. Like I said, I mean there's. If I'm thinking of kind of the ingredients as a coach, how do I put on size? How do I how do I cultivate strength? You know, there's ways to do that, mm-hmm. but also you have to be careful because if you get that wrong, they can kind of interfere with one another and yeah. limit each other's abilities. And this is why, in my opinion, you know, I think having a coach or having you know access to resources of people that understand the science and understand how to do this is is worth its weight in gold. Definitely, in my, in my personal opinion. Um, no, great, great, great stuff. So. You know, another thing I like to do now that we kind of discuss a little bit about kind of the, the, the physicality of the sport is also get an idea of kind of the mentality because I think those two aren't mutually exclusive. I mean, you could have all the gifts, but if just upstairs, you're just not right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what I love to do is kind of learn from people, kind of their routines, you know, what worked for you. So, I mean, can you kind of, you know, rewind the clock and kind of shed some light, especially for our young athletes who might be listening, you know, how do you prepare for a big pro day or a big game where you know there's going to be scouts watching, you know that you have to put your best foot forward well it's definitely like you start you gotta train real hard for it mm-hmm. but at the same time you gotta you gotta do things that ease your mind mm-hmm. so if you go in all juiced you might kind of over overdo things a little bit and things might not go your way per se but um i know definitely for me it was i kind of like you you kind of taught me some of it with the stuff that you gave me um mm-hmm. it's kind of get get rest get a lot yeah. of rest get get deep sleep relax your mind as much as you can and then when that day arrives get up get your mind right do whatever you need to do whether you pray whether you you count or play video games whatever you do to get your mind correct in that in that state of mind where you know you can do it at 100 percent and give it your best yeah that's what you need to do and i think you know there's there's legends of uh you know superstitions yeah, of professional all, athletes all you know do they put their left sock on before their right mm-hmm. sock do they always have to be the last one to leave the dressing room yeah. before the game you know and you hear about guys literally like guy will get traded to the team and that's his routine uh-huh. and like the two guys are just fighting like i can't go yeah, yeah. like i can't <laughs> leave but i think i think you're right i think you know you, you need to have familiarity and, you know, the day of a big event is not the day to try something new. It's not Definitely the day not. to eat something new. You know, you want to be as routine as mm-hmm. as possible. I mean, there was even, I think, that story that uh, when the Jets played over in Wembley in London, like, they flew in toilet paper or something like that. Like, just, just because they want it because it felt different. Like, they want, but in, in all seriousness, it sounds so crazy. But at the top level, you know, there's this concept of marginal gains. Yeah. Because, you know, the rationale being everybody has access to the same tools, the same resources. By mm-hmm. and large, you're going to find a lot of similarities. So what is that one thing that's going to give me that 1% yeah, that's going to allow me edge, to, yeah. to push an edge? But I think it's interesting, too, that you know, you can be overhyped, like you were saying. If you're too excited out the block, if you, yeah. you know, wake up and you're just bouncing off the walls, by the time you actually get to the event, drained. You're, you're drained and you're yeah. exhausted. So I think you're absolutely right. You have to find a way to kind of create that routine, you know, create that headspace mm-hmm. so then you can deliver and perform. Yeah, and kind and of definitely the... you'd be calm, cool, and collected, but you still can be excited for it. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, was, I was excited for everything that, I, that I've been through and all that stuff, but you still got to kind of go with a level head, which I think I've been... I've done a pretty good job at. Yeah. 
So even, you know, as we start kind of winding down this episode, you know, looking back to kind of to high school, I mean, what what's some advice you would have for high schoolers out there? You know, especially, you know, whether it be these kind of freshman athletes looking to kind of make the start varsity team or, you know, these juniors looking to maximize mm-hmm. senior year, even some of these seniors that are starting to get real serious about, you know, transitioning to college. I mean, what what's kind of your advice to these guys? If I could go back to high school, one thing I would do is I would definitely be in the gym more. Mm-hmm. I would definitely take... I would, take a lot more time and effort and put it into the gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know my senior, my junior year going into my senior year, I wanted to have the best senior year I could possible. So I was in on the field in the gym uh, at practice uh, trying to call everyone just to work out every day. I was just trying to be the best that I could be for my team. And, it, I mean, it, it panned out the way I wanted it to in, in some ways. But definitely for, I would say, for the younger, the younger generation, definitely get in the weight room. Yeah. I mean, if you can if you can do that and you can do it correctly and maximize gains like everybody wants to, I mean, the rest will come. And I know for guys that are junior year, senior year, and that want to play the next level, like I said before, you got to put your whole your whole heart and mindset and everything into it, because once you get past that uh, November, December, yeah, and it's January, February, March, April, May, you're getting ready to go into college and you're gonna play that first summer camp. You got to there's a 50 other guys that have been ready and yeah. already there that have been working out hard and crazy so you need to step your game up a little bit and push the envelope and I know too before you kind of got into to college and specialized I mean you played other sports didn't you I played uh, everything under the sun besides soccer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I mean obviously it, confl- it conflicted yeah. um, but I mean how do you find that growing up playing multiple sports do you think that helped your football it, it, I mean now I've I've read and I've heard a lot about people playing, uh, trying to do one sport. Mm-hmm. Like the parents go, oh no, he's only going to play baseball. He's only going to play soccer. He's only going to play basketball. I think that hinders and does not help a lot of athletes younger ages, because then it just takes away from one. I think the fun of trying a new sport and two different aspects of of playing that sport. Like yeah. my football, my football speed was different than my basketball speed. Sure. My Breathing was one thing too. Just yeah. my my wind, my wind and energy was different from playing, standing at shortstop, playing baseball, than running on the track. Mm-hmm. So I mean, a combination of playing all those sports kind of helped me to be the athlete I am today. With whether I could throw a baseball, shoot a basketball, catch a football, just playing all those different sports year round definitely helped. Just be become more all around athlete in the in the end. And, and, I mean, I totally agree with that, you know, and there's so much research to show that early specialization, so what you just alluded to, just sticking with one sport too soon in your career, if anything, can actually hamper you. And it hurts. Yeah, it and can it, hurt you. And I think, you know, as you're younger, you know, we use we use different terminologies here, and I've said it on endless podcasts and articles I've written, you know, we call it like the movement toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other coaches call it movement vocabulary. But, you know, the whole, the whole idea being that, you know, the wider exposure you have to different skills and different sports and disciplines, you know, the better you are going to be able to adapt when you do decide to choose a sport. Exactly. You know, I remember listening to um, uh, a podcast, I think, by by Mike Boyle, and he was describing, I think, uh, you know, watching, like, his daughter's, like, hockey game and noticing that, like, there are times where there were some girls who could literally, like, just stop the puck with their skate, almost like a like a trap in soccer. So, like, if the puck kind of went in a weird way or, like, they, they were able to play it where others weren't because they just had this innate skill where it's just like, oh, I just stop it with my skate, boom, get the stick, and all of a sudden yeah, they're off to the races. <laughs> so it's like you see kind of these different 
kind of other sports skills leak in from time mm-hmm. to time. But if you don't know how to do yeah, if that, you, if you're not doing that, you know, if you don't have that ability, well, that that's where you can kind of get caught. So it's like my movement toolbox. If you have an athlete that doesn't know how to backpedal, and all of a sudden they're being asked to play DB, they're going to yeah. have a pretty hard day at the office. You know, so I think you you we need to find a way to just really enhance all those areas of athleticism. And I think just having that wide exposure at a young age is huge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I tell parents as well, as it, you just got to get that balance right. Because I think, you know, I love the stuff that we do, you know, as, as sports performance coaches. But if you're just doing our stuff on top of six or seven things at the same time, well, then yeah. even a good thing can potentially become a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's, it's kind of finding that balance. Um, and especially, you know, as you're younger, it's just, you know, you start with just lots of sports, lots of um, exposures. And then as you get older, that's when... You know, you, you start to specialize kind yeah. of a little bit more. Um, exactly. well, that's huge. So, yeah, what is what is next on the agenda for for Nate? I mean, where where are we going? Because again, you're the hardest working athlete I know. Um, you know, excited to have you back, especially because we haven't had you for nine months. I mean, yeah. my gosh, it, was, it felt like forever. The place, the place just wasn't the same without yeah, you. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, what's what's next? What do you got your eyes on? Um, well, these next two months are going to be kind of critical. Definitely uh, in the weight room and kind of get my mental right. Mm-hmm. And I definitely um, just kind of kind of keep grinding how, how I've been grinding. And right now, I've just got a couple, a few things lined up for uh, the Canadian Football League. I'm not I'm not trying to leave the country because of Trump, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just a, it's another opportunity that has been presented to me. So I'm gonna try to take advantage of it, and the best way I know how is just to keep coming in here and working. Sounds good. Well, it's great to have you back, Nate. Can't thank you enough for joining me on today's podcast. Looking forward to you know supporting you on the next step of this journey and hoping to get more athletes like you. So again, thanks for the insight. And folks, we will see you again. Have a great day.